welcome to we'll talk i guess um uh, this is eli uh or donnie uh my co-host with our guest uh quacker or coco but we'll call him coco because that's what we know him as and uh, i'm john or gray uh whichever you want to call me i really don't care um we're gonna start talking about today uh early access games because that's that's what makes us mad sometimes sometimes it makes us very happy at least depending on the game um and coco you had a thought before we started recording um it was about pre-orders yes it was about pre-orders because personally i believe that people that pre like spend money on pre-orders kind of incentivize companies to keep pumping out like these awful games while just piling on more micro microtransactions the the part that makes me mad is like pre-orders used to and because i'm gonna have people who don't know what we're talking about because they were in, in they're not as big as gamers as we are if at all uh pre-order is when you buy the game before you're able to play it it either hasn't been released on disc or well nowadays uh digital uh, either uh on steam or xbox or playstation store like it's all online now mostly to download yeah, your games digital media and so pre-orders they were great because it used to be for the disc because it took time to make the damn disc man i, I said i wasn't gonna cuss uh as much and i'm already getting mad it, it took time to make the dang disc and so some stores might have five orders some might have two and some might have five or six hundred i know the college station stores the game stops when the discs were still a thing the lines would wrap around an entire shopping center and you know college town you have a bunch of college students they all brought their gaming consoles and then you know it'd wrap around and you know by the time of halo 5 that line started to be only about 30 people long and, and so it's fine you know i guess for the disc but nobody does that anymore so you're pretty much just injecting money into like a money-making scheme it would be uh well it's almost crowdfunding in a sense uh to buy a game that hasn't even launched yet and in some cases uh especially nowadays that hasn't even been fully made yet like there's not even a working game there um my my big point of contention and eli knows eli knows what i'm about to probably knows what i'm about to talk about is ashes of creation uh mm -hmm. star citizen um and these are huge games setting huge like nothing nobody's ever done like you know you can fly around a ship go across the galaxy get out of your ship fight a guy get drunk in a bar fight in rp and do all this cool stuff and then fly away from pirates and like it's like a bunch of games blended together first person shooter survival and, and i mean that's cool it's been eight years and it's still an alpha i it own is, it it is it's them just selling a promise and you're and I mean, just it, crossing your fingers hoping that promise is true but end of the line and for some reason, this has become like such a normal thing in the gaming industry that when we were kids, like, oh, God, way back in the early 2000s, you never had anything like this. I mean, sure, you could say the old gaming consoles weren't that good. They're a little outdated. I mean, compared to today's standards, by all means. But back then, you would buy a game, let's say, for $40 when that used to be normal. But you would know for a fact, I'm getting a full game. I'm getting something that... I can play through in its entirety and either be completely satisfied or after a couple hours, back when we still had like Blockbuster, you could play for a couple hours and go, I don't like this. I'm going to go return it and get something new. 
But now with this whole pre-ordering and pre-purchasing concept, it's, oh, let's pay the the entire amount of a game before it's even to the point where people would call it like functional or to the point where, yeah, let's let's release it to the public. And people are gobbling this up. But yet at the same time, it's the same consumers that turn around and then get pissed off at the companies, get pissed off at each other saying, why do you keep buying these pre-orders if you don't like them? And then case in point, you'll have a favorite brand or a favorite video game genre come out with a brand new game. And rather than waiting to fully release it, they'll come out with a pre-purchase and everyone goes, well, I know I wasn't going to pre-order or pre-purchase this but i mean come on it's it's the next call of duty i have to at least try it no you do not because the more that we keep fueling this whole system of oh well they're just going to keep buying the pre-orders they're just going to keep doing it and it's going to get worse and worse to the point where like a star citizen or a lot of these newer larger games like uh multi massive multiplayer online like a world of warcraft we're going to get to the point where the game hasn't even been like created or there hasn't even been sprites put on a on a computer and they're going to say hey buy into this game and you can try it when it comes out it's just it's such a weird spiraling downward cycle that the gaming genre has put itself in and for some reason the consumers are either not smart enough to kind of break out of this weird like fog of war or they're just kind of accepting that all right well it's just never going to go back to what it was all right, Eli, do you think that the consumers are mostly like focused on uh, or driven by nostalgia because they're just selling the companies are selling ideas such as you remember this cool concept? We're going to add this content into this. And if you purchase it now, you might experience it. And the people, the, the, the consumers are like, yeah, I remember. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Remember that's, Star that's, Wars? That's something that goes. <laughs> That goes something that's <laughs> hand in hand with that whole like, oh, well, microtransactions, which is a whole different conversation in itself. But I mean, there is a part of nostalgia where a lot of these companies will go, hey, remember that game you played like back when you were a kid and you were so, you were so excited, like you, you basically almost jumped out of the moving car to go to GameStop just to get your hands on this when they still had like the game demos at the store. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. we're going to recreate Gosh. that. We're going to recreate that. But... We're not fully done with it yet. So in order to ensure, and that's the whole thing, in order to ensure that you're going to get the best quality product and that same level of nostalgia, why don't you just buy it now? And it's like, no, 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 no. We're going backwards if we do that. If we buy this now, at any point, the gaming companies can just say, oh, well, it didn't work, sorry. And we don't get our money back. At least when we had a full game, Again, if you didn't like it back when you could still return games for a decent amount of money, even if even if it was like GameStop, you would still get a full game. It wasn't like, oh, well, I mean, I only made it about halfway through the story and I don't even know if I like saved the day at the end. It's now just like, oh, so I was able to uh, walk 10 feet. I'm so excited for the end product. I mean, it's it's getting to that point where it's that bad. What, what was it? Uh... You made me think of um, Baldur's Gate three. Mm, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, I paid sixty bucks for it, and you can get to like level. Like last I played it, which was probably the beginning of last year, was uh, you could play up to level five ish. And you know, it's a D and D system, so you play up to level five. So that's a quarter of the game that was launched. But 
The difference being, this isn't some damn AAA studio. This is like five guys in a shit. And mm-hmm. to make D&D into a full-fledged video game where there's roles, there's RP, like, to do that is decently complicated. Like, I'll give them that. Like, Baldur's Gate, you know, only getting pieces of the game as soon as it launches, that makes sense. Takes a while. Uh, Val- Valheim, it's three Swedish guys in a shed. It was either two or three. Um they were able to release a full game, but the game was also very bare bones. It's pretty simple. Uh, the system was laid out, and they just added items. And, and, you know, that's just a typical standard run-of-the-mill game. Um, <coughs> what's, what's one recently that made me angry? Oh, mm, Anthem is a good one that was horrible. Um, yeah, so Chronicles after you, of Illyria is Chronicles right of Illyria is... Yeah, it's that though. There's enough content on YouTube for Chronicles of Illyria. We 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 could talk about it for 40 hours, and we'd only cover 10. percent um, <laughs> For those who don't know, Chronicles of Illyria was a crowdfunded video game, and it raised uh, eight million dollars. And the creator, uh, gosh, what is his name? Whatever. Uh, the creator, the 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 guy Jeremy who runs Caspian, it, I believe. Caspian. It's Caspian. Thank you. Um, Caspian, the game didn't come out and people waited and people waited. And for an MMO to do the complicated system, like people, like it would be like in a video game, you actually are born, you live your life and do what you want and then you die. And it was very complicated. You'd either die a natural death or something and your, then your descendant would take over or you, you got killed in battle and you may have had to start over depending on what server you're on and all sorts of cool stuff. Like you could have kids, wives, and this is multiplayer. So that means like anybody could just run up and kill your entire family or raid your castle or steal your land or conduct entire wars against you with thousands of other players. And big, big dreams big dreams I mean, it, and it, was, it was one of those games that you looked at it and you go oh my gosh this is everything i want and more but then when you look at it from kind of like a more realistic standpoint of okay well development time takes oh gosh like five years for an mmo to get to like let's say an early alpha or early beginning test yeah, I, that oh, they can at, feel comfortable to send at out best a workable state in, yeah in and then you think of fashion. something along the lines of them who are just every single time you get a like update from their forums it says, oh, we, we want to add more features features, and we want to add more content for you guys. It's like, no, 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 no. Finish finish what you originally had in mind first because already this is probably going to take 20 plus years. Like, we are going to be middle-aged and or dead before this game actually comes out. Like, Yeah, like, if it, it, super huge feature creep. Yeah, mm-hmm. like finish one thought. But the problem is, is the thought was never finished. And then they released a demo of the video uh, of the game. And it looked like it was coded in 2003. And uh, and oh my gosh, games today compared to 2003 games, just give it a Google. Holy cow, the, the, diff- the difference in fidelity like alone is just amazing. And then what you can do with the game is so much different now. But anyway, it looked horrible, and it was a parkour game, which means you're hopping off walls and hopping over obstacles. Like, that was the demo. And they released a short, like, what was it, like, five-minute video, and everybody was pissed, like, immediately. Everybody was angry. And so, understandably so, $8 million just uh, just up and gone. And I don't know how he ran the company for five years on $8 million. And so, 
where does he get more money? Where did our money go? And now I think there's a class action lawsuit and has a couple thousand people in it. And some of these people, uh, for the, for those listening, I almost said watching, uh, some people pay $10,000 for some of these in-game packages, which are called microtransactions, which tick me off. And that's a subject for another time because we'll be on microtransactions for forever. Um, pretty much you buy the game and there's little doodads, you can trinkets, you can buy in the game. Some of them are cosmetic, which means they don't change the way the game is. They just change something about the game's look. And that's okay in my book, but some games do like you can buy more land, you can have more powerful gear, like equipment, like a better gun or a better sword. And a Chronicles of Illyria did this, like you had like the base package, which was like peasant and the top package, I think was Duke. I think can't it was, remember. It, it's uh, honestly been too long. But it, the, the top tier package was basically saying you get to design your own coat of arms before anybody else and it would be added to the game right away. You have your own plot of land that you get to choose and kind of claim right away. You get to choose your kingdom's name. You get to run this whole kingdom while everybody else has to kind of start off at a peasant level. And then you're given a whole bunch of in-game currency like gold or, or dollars or what have you. And it just it's basically like saying instead of starting everybody off in terms of like a, a military shooter, everybody starts off at like boots on the ground, you're enlisted, you're a grunt. It's like saying, okay, one guy came in as a grunt, the other guy came in, but since he threw money at the system, he's now like a five-star general of the army. And it makes absolutely no sense except for, oh, well, we just want to get a little bit more money out of our consumers in order to kind of bolster not only our future profit, but also the fact that it incentivizes players to pay more so that way they don't have to play more. Yeah. That's a very predatory practice because it just makes people people that have like that are lucrative and just have money on the side that they can spend to just throw money wherever they want as that we're seeing right now regularly. Oh yeah, I uh, mean Again, that's something that I will I will preach to the end of the of time. Where, again, we're sitting there as I wouldn't even call us really retro gamers because we were kind of a little bit late to the party in terms of like an Atari or an N sixty four or a Sega Genesis. But a lot of people who were more of the old school gamers know in order to get from level one to level two, I had to actually play. I had to get better at the game, and I had to know different jumps, different secrets, different puzzles, different strategies. It took mental power, and when you got to that next tier, that next level, that next reward, there was like a dopamine rush that you can't even describe. It was like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I've done this. Like, my life could crumble around me, but I, I've completed it. And now, instead of being able to get that dopamine rush from video games, they just say, well, crack open your wallet. You don't you don't need to try hard. You don't need to you don't need to put in the time and effort to kind of show off your skills. Just give us money. Just give us money. What was it um that 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 if we've 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 moved topics but it all kind of falls into the same category of giving people money when we shouldn't um in the gaming industry uh a big one that i've been seeing recently uh, i don't know if coco or uh eli can fill me in but uh diablo immortal oh i can um, fill you in on this i can fill you in on this okay for so it, for our uh we gotta explain what diablo is <laughs> so yeah, fair enough 
<laughs> so for for listeners who don't know, Diablo is a two and a half D top down. Well, no, it'd be three D top down. So it's like you're moving your character around a maze and you're looking down on the maze and you're just killing stuff and picking up gear. And so for I don't know about the past eight to ten years, uh, Diablo fans, there's three Diablo games. They've been waiting for the fourth game. And years ago, Blizzard's like, yeah, we're gonna make it a mobile game, which don't ever make. Uh, a PC game and then make a mobile game. It just makes everybody mad. Or a PlayStation game and then make a mobile game as a sequel or whatever. Don't do it. It makes everybody mad. Anyway, so they make Diablo Immortal and they announced it at E3, I think, or some huge conference. And like, yeah, Diablo Immortal, you're going to play it on your phone and there's microtransaction stuff. Cool. And it's free. And and the first question was like, uh, is this some kind of April Fool's joke from the audience? And it was just, it, each question just got horribly worse like why why are you working on this why are you not working on diablo 4 and if anything was the real death flag of activision blizz like that you see that that was a huge red flag of the direction of that company if, if you didn't already see him that was a big one and so they ruined it and recently they've done some pay to win mechanics which means if you spend more money you get better items than other players better chances at better gear so uh i think the last i read coco and correct me if i'm wrong because I've seen various numbers that you'd have to spend upwards of about $100,000 to completely maximize your character. Yes, that is correct. And that's all based off player um, player calculations. And let me explain how it goes. The first thing that you can buy, which is, I believe, um, a starter pack, the incentive is an 800% markup of how effective it is. And the more you go up in levels, the less the lesser it becomes and the more the price of the item that you have to buy. So if you're level two, the item might cost like 59 cents. If you're level four, it might cost a dollar now. And it keeps going. Yes, it multiplies the more you go up. And the effectiveness of it goes down. Yes. Double your spending in these three easy steps. Just like we talked about earlier, very (laughs) predatory. The, oh my. the base game at itself is good, but they, how they're they're marketing it is very predatory. Oh, I mean, absolutely, and that's that's just unfortunately what we're experiencing now is kind of again a lot of the older gamers or the people who've kind of been through the the ringer, so to speak. It's like we used to go from such a we can kind of trust this company because I know that they're going to deliver with something good to, okay, well now they're kind of just appealing to the lowest common denominator of people who either don't have the, don't have the time of day to be able to kind of put in those hours or put in the dedication to play through a video game and put progress into it. Or, oh, well, we're going to just go for the, the kids, so to speak, and just kind of force them to say, hey, well, in in case you don't have that time or in case you just don't want to again put in put in the effort or what have you just ask your mom or dad for their credit card information i mean there there was a whole internet joke a few years ago for a different video game that basically spiraled around the whole hey well so and so from your popular video game like your main character like mario needs your help so please enter your (laughs) parents credit card in order to help him save Princess Peach from from King Bowser or whatever. And it was like, that is the dumbest joke ever. But unfortunately, it got so widely popular because people are like, yeah, that's how that is now. 
Like into the four, well, so, you said into the three funky digits on the back of your mom's credit card. I, I want to yeah, circle I mean, they, back. They to totally, it. they totally appealed it to uh, to an audience where, I mean, if you didn't know any better, truthfully, you didn't have that much common sense on the internet. Yeah, or yeah, just common sense makes in general. no sense to buy. People it, are just yeah. going to be like, "Oh, okay, I'll do whatever the funny man says on the TV screen." Like, oh my goodness! Remember back then, like how they used to market it, like. They were saying like old Jim Bob with his five wives and seventeen kids had to play catch up. That's why they're in, there's why they're incentivizing uh, uh microtransactions so he can catch up with the hardcore grinders. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, well, like, it's that, so stupid. But it's see, not that, even incentivizing but, the people who are like behind everybody else. It's just incentivizing the people who have like an endless budget or just don't know how to finance properly to say, oh well. I know for a fact other people will use that boost, so I want to get ahead of the people who want to boost. And it's like, it is so odd kind of seeing that back and forth between, oh, well, I want to get here first before anybody else. And, oh, well, I, I just want to kind of progress a little bit because I had a busy week and I just don't have the time. It's such a weird, like, I would say game of cat and mouse that they want us to play. But then again, as people are kind of starting to realize, I can, I just don't need to pay for this. I can yeah. either have fun with the game itself and then put it down whenever I need to without spending that money, or as some as some video gamers have kind of realized, I'll just stop playing and stop supporting this game until the actual company starts to pay attention to us and kind of give us what we've been asking for. Um, I'm still I'm still stuck on that diablo shit like i pardon my french because that is just that is just horrid so for those who listen to the diablo like that you buy the item it costs more as you level up and it's less effective that'd be like buying a house at a hundred thousand dollars and the value decreases no no that's a terrible analogy so you're buying say. an item you're buying a stock at ten dollars and it's worth you, you you know it's worth worth fifty percent less three months down the road, but then you buy it at twenty dollars. But it's still it's 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 actual holding value is it's fifty percent. It's it it just drops. It's worthless. But you you're an idiot and you just spent twenty dollars on something that costs five. That's what's mm -hmm. happening. Is you have this item that does ten things, and at level ten it does five things. So but at level five it costs twice as much as you did or more than it did at level one uh, which Grant, is let me so let me add something in it so you might get even more angry at this i think roughly three days ago if if you know the streamer quain quinn 69 uh no okay what? he he also plays wow path of exile and very various other games but he uh, roughly three days ago he spent ten thousand dollars and he didn't get a five-star legendary gem. That that'd be like playing Diablo three for three years and not getting a legendary. Yes. That's so, bas so basically he just threw all this money in hopes. That's of like to suicide levels of money. Like, like yeah, why? Like even though he has the income. Oh, yeah, of course. Proves a point. That still proves a point. And I mean, that's another. That's another thing too. Is that I was watching, uh, like a youtube content creators video the other day who i mean granted a lot of for some reason a lot of internet influencers just make hand over fist in terms of cash 
But I mean, at the same time, they are also a very big portion as to why I feel like this whole issue is becoming worse than it than it was a few years ago. Because, long story short, in this guy's video, he was playing a game called Counter Strike Global Offensive, and that's a game, a very big shooter game, uh, like five five on five teams, and you just go and either plant the bomb if you're the terrorist, or you defuse the bomb if you're the counter counter terrorists. So. In that game, they do have microtransactions just for the fact of, oh, well, do you want your AK-47 to look slightly different with kind of like cool colors or different patterns on it? Okay, we'll pay money to buy a crate and then pay additional money to buy a key. And then you're able to basically unlock this crate for a chance to receive a really cool looking, like a design pattern, what have you. So they have these certain things called the knives, and knives are just kind of a, a normal melee weapon. But they're also one of the most expensive things in the game, as in it costs you, I think, hundreds of real-life dollars in order to downright purchase one of these knives. I don't know how it ever got so inflated, and I don't know why it's never kind of dropped to a more realistic standard. But the case in point is... This internet influencer who makes hand over fist with all of his videos that he posts online said in his video, I don't care how much money it takes, I want one of these knives. And he threw, I think, 440 crates, which was like over $1,000 or $2,000, enough so that the game launcher itself had to ban him for a couple of days because he was spending too much money in a microtransaction store. And I was looking at that, and so many people would be like, haha, that's funny, like, he, he spent all that money. I'm just looking at it like, this is the reason why things are never going to change. Like, this, this is it, because I want this cool-looking thing. I don't care how, how much money it costs, rather than trying to grind it out, which you can't do. Like, or when I say grind it out, like, play the game so long that you eventually unlock it just through your own efforts. They don't have that option. The only way you can get these cool designs and everything is by paying money. And so he's saying, I don't care if I'm feeding the machine. I want to feed the machine until I get a stupid little virtual reward. It is oh, absolutely it's just slots. mind-numbing. That's what it is. It's, you pay to get into the casino, and then you pay for every lever pull. Yes. Except, yep. it, it, except with gaming, they can insert a 1,000 items for the same cost it for thousands of they can enter thousands of items thousands of different outcomes for the same price it costs to design a single slot machine yep what, what did that cost ten fifteen thousand dollars just of parts and then working hours at its fastest probably and yeah, then no clue it, it, but you can pay some modeler and it takes an hour of his time to make a different knife and then you pay a texture artist to do a dilly, billion different patterns and, and it's not that hard some of them are i'm sure are just randomly generated and then scraped around on the side until they work and and any any moron can do that to a certain degree uh not to insult the modelers and the guys who do this because i can't do that like i struggle a lot but i know people who are whiz at it and they like on I mean, vr I chat i know a guy who's made like five thousand models and it's like i mean i salute Jesus the people Christ. who are able to code but oh my god 
Yeah, yeah. Like, my, like I can code a little bit. Like, I understand how code works. I know enough to 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 kind of get a general sense of what's going on in the program. If I if you give me enough time to look at it, like you can't just show me a piece of code. I need context a little bit. So I need to sit there and stare at it for a while. But I can kind of get a general gist of probably what's happening. But when it comes to modeling, like uh, Joe, my roommate, he's like, "Yeah, man, you should just learn to model and three D print stuff." And it's just like, dude, I can't do that. Like, it's just my brain does not work in a 3D space like that. It works in a 3D space when it comes to 3D printing, but making the 3D thing, my imagination goes, now Eli knows I can write, but I can't model worth worth a crud. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you pay these guys, you know, $15 an hour, $20 an hour, maybe 25 and then you just go make make a bunch of different knives and they're like okay and so they look at pictures of knives on google design the knife make a couple cool patterns for it and you've paid a couple hundred bucks and then you do this crate crud and you you make uh, like it would be quadruple hand over fist you probably have a, a 10 uh, you could probably make five orders of magnitude more money easy oh, and what makes it even worse is fomo when they have a time limit on it yes. oh my gosh that that it, that i saw playing advises them to pump as much money into it to get it as fast as oh, possible i can top that fomo putting items under fear on missing out okay that, oh we, we need to explain that fear okay. on missing out so what games will do is they'll time limit cool items or cool looking things in the game and if you don't get it within that time period you can never get it again and so people who have that item the value increase the, the value increases on that item and especially in places like csgo where these weapons are cool and then you have the crate system and they remove that particular type of crate where you can get that weapon it makes the weapon go from being a couple of dollars to a couple hundred bucks now mm-hmm. i can make it even worse fear fomo and then later making that item useless or removing it from the game like destiny yeah yeah so you work hard to get this item or you get a random drop and it's cool and it's like yeah i'm like one of only you know only like 25 percent of the player base was even able to get it and two years later they release a new expansion and instead of like for example destiny you get guns and each one has a level and uh you can scale the level in most games. Most games nowadays have scaling. So if you're fighting an enemy that's like technically level 10, your gun will automatically scale down to level 10. Or if they're fighting a level 100 enemy, your gun will scale up to level 100. But Destiny 2, instead of you know making the game scale, they, they didn't want to bother trying to make it do that, which is only simple math for the most part. It's just a couple algorithms. They, uh, they remove the weapon because they don't want to put that effort on it. But the system's already there to scale, and the item's already there to put into the scaling system. They just don't do it. And, uh, like, I can't think of another game that does that actively, where it's like an item you actually use, and they remove it. And, like, there's, like, some people who have entire builds surrounding that weapon, and they remove the weapon, and it just it just you you work so hard to build this character that specific way, and they take one you take one thing from it, and it ruins it. Um... What I do find funny about that concept is when a company reintroduces the same skin, but they palette swap it and have the same price tag, and people eat that shit up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sea Thieves does that a lot. It's like, oh, we have basically the exact same design of like a piece of armor or a sword or what have you. And then they go, all right, that was really expensive. It was like, let's say $30 for this one virtual cosmetic. Then all of a sudden, like two months later, they go, hey, look, new cosmetic coming out. And it's like exactly the same thing, only they change the colors from red to blue. 
And yeah, it's like, yeah. See, are you done, serious? Done that a few times. And yeah. I mean, I mean, again, bless the people who are able to code and design all that. But the people who've actually given or given you the thumbs up to say, yeah, just release that low tier effort, zero actual thought and imagination level of nonsense. I hate you so much. Like you're getting <laughs> no, paid. It's the guys in the suit astro- who are doing you're this. You're getting paid astronomical salaries to just say change the colors. They'll just eat that up. Like are you what? I have my hands on my head right now because I'm just... It's been going on for so long. This isn't something for like video gamers that it's like, oh, well, this just kind of came up in the, since COVID or anything. This has been going on for like at least a decade. Oh, it's like, uh, what, cars? Yeah, like you have like a you know, V6 and a V8, and oh. that's like literally the only difference, and then the price tag is literally double. Or, yeah. or you have like a V6... And then a, a V6 with a turbo, and then you add ten, fifteen thousand dollars to it, and it's like, how much did it actually cost to put that turbo in? Don't lie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, another oh, another thing. Like, let's go the other direction. People who buy games and know what you're getting into. Like when I buy a game, and, and Eli can call me out because sometimes I don't. Uh, when I buy a game, I typically kind of look into it a little bit. And see what what I'm gonna get into. Like I watch gameplay reviews or watch gameplay trailers to kind of get a general ballpark of whether or not I'm even gonna throw money at it. But people will buy the game, and the developers and all of the marketing and the company that sells the game and publish the game will all say this game is like a PvP game, player versus player. Like so, if you enter the game, another player can run up and kill you. And then there's PvE games where you fight like monsters and stuff, but none of those people are players. And typically PvE games are either single player or you work together with other players. But Sea of Thieves is a perfect example where people bought a pirate game where there are other pirates in the world with you. And pirates were not known to have giant pirate fleets. It was very, I I believe it was decently rare for it to be more than a few ships. Like one exception would be a, uh, uh, what was her name? A famous Chinese pirate. Uh, oh goodness, not- you're yeah. Oh, I, I gotta Google this. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, the uh, whole Zing case. Of- uh, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I don't know. I don't remember how to pronounce uh, but it. I remember but- her, her um her nickname's like Ching Xie. Uh, yeah, yeah, and she had hundreds of ships under her command, but she it's mostly because she was very, very smart, and she was also a great accountant. Um, that, that kept the pirates in line was, I, I do your finances. I'm, I pay you. And, and they're like, okay. <laughs> and I don't know if you can really call them pirates if they're being regularly paid salaries and cuts and commissions, more like privateers, but they were pirates, mostly. And so... When pirates met other pirates, let's say, you know, I have loot. Pirates want that loot. Pirates are going to take the loot. And so in Sea of Thieves, it was to be expected when you're playing an online multiplayer game and other players are pirates, it kind of lends the fact that another player can roll up on their ship, go, yo, dude, and then absolutely Swiss cheese your ship full of holes. And that's what makes the game great. It, it, It makes the game fun. And we... We, uh, I'm, I'm a, 
I'm a moderator for the Sea of Thieves subreddit, and it's always, oh, these players are toxic. They ran up and killed me. And it's like, okay. Oh, they said a bunch of, uh, you know, gamer words. on the bear where the virtual and, person hurt you. Yeah, yeah. Touch us on the bear where the virtual person hurt you. And typically, when I played that game, the most toxic people weren't the players being being killers. It was the people being killed, the victims. Uh, I, I think Eli and I have had hundreds of different fights, at least, on that game alone, of just fighting other players. And they barely ever talked. The people we were fighting that came at us with a fight, they barely ever said crud. Now, they did some light trash talking, but nothing toxic like uh, gamer words, uh, right? This slurs, I mean, uh, for those who don't know what gamer words are. Slurs. I was going to say, you can just easily preface gamer words to basically racial slurs and taunts uh, and everything that you would probably not slurs. Yeah, you just wouldn't say to a normal human being. Pretty much it, things that are a little worse than TV, but you still really, really shouldn't say. Things that'll definitely get canceled on the get you canceled on Twitter, but things that you can kind of get away with saying in movies, but only with heavy context. If you and, wouldn't say it in front of your boss on Monday morning, you wouldn't want to say, say it in front it. of another person. Simply yeah. put. Yeah. And so that, that that leaves out general cussing, though. General cussing is not considered gamer words. Uh I but mean, yeah. so but every time, uh, like about a quarter of the time, we sunk somebody, gamer words came out of their mouths. We're stealing their stuff, and they're giving us giving us gamer words. And, you know, we're in Discord, so we're not interacting with them in-game, except for me. I have a soundboard. It'll be like fart sounds, Discord connect sounds, bruh. Like, it'll, it'll do all sorts of goofy stuff. A couple of inappropriate other things that typically won't get you banned, but they are funny just to see. Just think of, like, a radio show that always does, like, little sound bits. That's basically yeah. what you do to people on the internet. And and so, but on the subreddit, it's the opposite. It's always the PvP, the players going out and having the fun. Now, Sea of Thieves is a sandbox game, which means you can go fight. It's player versus player versus environment, but primarily the focus is just PvP. Uh, at least the direction of the game is gone. But you can go and get loot and then fight skeletons, which are not players, and then you fight skeletons, fight their bosses, and you get the money and you go and sell it. But another player can decide that they, they're going to wait for you to finish that event. They're not going to interrupt you. They're going to wait. And this is what me and Eli do is we see them doing the, the, the fort and we wait. wait, wait for them to down the boss. And as soon as they down the boss, we show up and kill them and steal the key to the door, the, the treasure room. And we run or we're confident enough that we can sit there and hold them off while we loot uh, if they come back in their boat. And uh, the boats also respawn just like the player. But when you lose the boat, you lose everything on the boat. Typically, like it'll float in the water or you lose all your resources, like your cannonballs, planks, uh, food. And um, and so. But people get mad about it, but it's like you bought this game knowing that you cannot turn the PvP off and you're still mad about it. Go play a different game. The developers themselves are against you in your thought process. The, they, they have said since before day one i mean years before day one of launch they have said the players will be your either your best friends or your greatest enemies mm -hmm. i mean i mean and, at, at the end of the day it just all boils down to as so many people have said since the game first came out it's a pirate game people are gonna play like pirates or people are gonna be friendly the people who play like pirates you cannot shame them for playing like pirates because we created a pirate game. If you don't like this game, turn it off 
or just go play some or go play something else. We're sorry, this isn't how it's gonna be, or this is how it is gonna be. We're not gonna change it, and we're not gonna cater it to you because you were hurt or you don't like it. Sorry, that's not how it is. And yeah, the type it, of people that want to be coddled to their own needs and wants for their own gaming experience, but they don't—they fail to understand this is what you you signed up for. This is how it's gonna be. I mean, I signed up for the military, and I'm scared now. And then they vilify the community without realizing that they're a part of the community, and this is what the majority of the community is like. I mean, it, it just boils down to the everyday entitled people we see walking around the world. I mean, the, the Karens, the people who are like, well, I deserve this because I did this. No, you don't deserve anything. Just because you paid money doesn't mean that the people who took the time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears to create this game, they don't owe you anything. They don't. And for a lot of us who play video games, at the end of the day, we want to come on. We want to hang out with our friends, which I understand is completely different from what our parents did by going out to the park, playing ball, playing with the stick, or what have you. But I mean, this is what kids our age, or, or young adults our age, love to do. We love to get on. We love to say, hey, let's say Gray, let's say Coco. Just let's hop on this game and pretend to be pirates for for the day. I mean, this is our magic, like our childhood imagination, but we get to play it out. And then you have these individuals, much like in the real world, who come in and just be like, "Well, I I don't like that. I feel like you should do this." No, 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 no. You're not playing. You don't get to play with us. We don't want you to play with us. And it's even gotten to the point, like we've mentioned, the companies themselves say we don't want you to play with them. If you want this entitlement, if you want all this, go play a game by yourself. Because yeah. this isn't what you want. This isn't what it, we want you to have. Like, beyond buying the game and support for the game, there is, like, you know, warranties or, you know, bug fixes, hot fixes. Technically, they don't even have to update the game legally. Like, as soon as you buy it, it's practically as is. It's up to the devs on the way the direction goes. It, the same stuff is like, you know, somebody shows up to a car dealership and buys a black car. They drive home and they find out that the black car doesn't really mesh well with the side of their house or some ridiculous reason. Or like, you know, cause, and then they drive the car back the next day and they say, hey, I actually want to, can I, can I exchange it for a red car? The dealership's going to laugh your ass out the door. Mm hmm. Or, or you're going to be paying out the nose because you, that car lost value as soon as it left the lot. And they're not obligated to help you. Now, some will. Some may. I'm not going to say there's not nice car dealerships. Like, I, I know a couple. The, the Ford dealership down uh, by where I take my has never mistreated me, and their prices have been decently good. Um, they technically gave me three oil changes one time for free because when I pulled my truck in, um, the last place I took my truck to did not fill up my oil all the way or the truck somehow burned it and it didn't leak it because there would be six quarts of oil where i parked my truck like i barely moved my truck during that day i moved it once a week so there would be a big oil splotch here unless it was slow and it was only dripping and it just took three months for it to happen but it was empty when it came into the shop like they they pulled the plug and it it drip drip and that was it the engine should have been destroyed. And so they filled it all the way up with brand new oil, ran the motor for a couple of hours, drained it, 
filled it back up again. And like they did it like they did the drain two times and they filled it up one last time after they checked for metal shavings for me. They didn't charge me a dime for it. And they really could have taken me to the cleaners. If they wanted to. But anyway, that's a little sidetrack. Um, I'll be honest. But, I started kind of glazing over. I'm like, where is this turning to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, oh, what's a what's another? Well, okay, let's like, we've been, been pretty negative on games. Let's let's talk about things that are good. Um, let's see here. Oh man, we're forty minutes in. Um, we can go more. I'm I'm okay with doing I mean, that. By the way, I mean more I think we broached the subject at this point. We've we've really been kind of talking in circles. At, at the end of the day, truthfully, video games are something that I've always enjoyed. It was something that is one of my fondest memories with my dad. Who I'm not making it sound like he's he's passed by any means, but my my vivest my most vivid memories were playing Age of Empires, which was an old medieval strategy game where you could play as like the knights and everything else. You're you're sieging castles with trebuchets and catapults, and you're living the conquests of Genghis Khan or uh, Roman King Barbosa or anything else like that. And I mean, it was fun. I would sit on my dad's lap when we were when I was still very young. And it would get to the point where my mom would come in and she would be like, all right, Brian, it's, it's, time, it's, time for, it's time for Eli to go to bed. And I would turn around and be like, but, but mom, we're just about to beat the bad guy. And she goes, oh, okay, you kids. And then just closes the door. And I mean, it was so great. My dad and I would have such great memories. And I mean, he's, he's, still, he's 60 now. And there's still times where he'll come up to me and he's like, hey, have you seen that new video game coming out? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to try it? And he's like, no, I'm a little too old for that. And I'm like, you don't have to be, man. Like, we used to play video games all the way up until I was in high school. Like, it just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you can't play video games. I mean, there's people up into their 80s who play video games. There's, there's not... big streamers who are 80. I mean, yeah, it's it's not something that people should always feel like, oh, well, it, it's just for the it's just for the young kids, or it's it's what the it, young it's adults that, are into. It's that same stigma with alcoholic drinks. Like, I like fruity alcoholic drinks that have a lot of alcohol in them. I just don't like the bite of alcohol. But people call me a pussy for 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 liking that. It's like, dude, I want to enjoy my drink. Like, I don't enjoy straight liquor. It just it just sets my throat on fire. Now, well, some well, it depends. But typically, like, anytime I go to a place, they're not going to have a bottle expensive enough where i can drink it where it won't screw me up and make me have a miserable time like if i don't have a chaser there and a strong chaser at that i don't have a fun time now i'll put two or three shots into a solo cup and mix it with some little more than concentrated hawaiian punch and that is perfectly fine by me um but it's that same stigma where it's just it just came about for no reason and like i feel like my uncle you know who, who kind of gave us you know approval disapproval for names and how we should do stuff for this very podcast he i feel like he'd, he'd enjoy video games like he likes the concept and what goes into them and i feel like if he explored the video game as it was like as the actual product i feel like he'd enjoy it i got a couple he might enjoy uh probably a little too early to throw them into multiplayer games but uh which is okay it just takes practice like like my, the standard operating procedures do the story mode first jump into campaign oh. or jump into multiplayer and then um but uh gosh there's one game that there's two games that fondly i think of a lot 
and Haley and Eli has probably only heard me say it about a thousand times. The Star Wars Battlefront 2, the classic one that came out in 2005, which is still having servers up, by the way. They brought them back officially. Uh, and then Halo 3. Everybody says Halo Reach nowadays. Like, I don't know anybody who's like, Halo 3 was the king, and it still is. I'm going to die I mean, on like, that hill. Like, truthfully, what made those experiences special for you? Like, well, at the end one, of the day, what makes you always just go like, yeah, I was there for that. Solid gameplay. And the 2005 game looks absolutely horrible. The camera feels clunky, but that's the way it was back then. Like, that, you didn't get much better camera work than that in games. It's 2005, bud. It was all you had to work with. And I'm going to say it because, you know, pardon my French, a shitty over-the-shoulder camera. But it was Star Wars, and they, they were faithful to the lore and the way it all worked. And you played a clone trooper or a droid or a stormtrooper or a rebel depending on what map you were, and it was cool. Like, you could be a Droidicum, man. Those things were fun, and they were also stupidly busted. And, um, and then, but the gameplay was great. The storytelling, they had some story mode. It was great. They, they, they were faithful. Like, you could go visit Kashyyyk, where the Wookiees were. You could go fight on portions of Coruscant, Naboo. Like, the maps were there. Hoth, uh, Yavin, uh, the Death Star. Like, you had these maps where you could fight, and it was cool. And they had space battles, too, where you could go inside the other per the other team's ship and blow it up from the inside. And the new Battlefront 2 didn't do that until way later, and it's still not as good. And this is 2005. And then Halo 3 came out in 2007? I, I don't even remember. Uh, uh, let's... It's been way too long. I have a question. Would you consider it because of your taste and how you've played video games over the years changed that influenced uh, how you saw the, the latest Battlefront? Um, no, I don't think so. Because I still go back and play ba ba the, the classic. It, it, it's literally because the or game has actually changed. To you? It, 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 so I bought Battlefront 2, the new one, uh, at, at Battlefront 1 and 2, the new ones. Um, to relive the nostalgia, but they didn't have the cool character selection. They monetized the crap out of it with microtransactions. Battlefront 2 required, for those listening, required $2,000 to unlock everything in the game. Whereas the original Battlefront 2, everything was unlocked. You just got better gear as the more points you got in the live match. So you could get a better character in the match. Like, you could work your way up to Jedi. And it was cool. Battlefront 1 and 2, the new ones, they completely scrapped it. They scrapped all the cool ship combat, and they had half the maps. So there was literally less content, less cool gameplay, and less cool mechanics. And then they microtransactioned it. And then Battlefront 2, they kind of sort of made it better, but only after they got desperate and made the game free to play because it sold abysmally. And it sold so bad that Disney threatened to pull the license from EA to keep them from developing more Star Wars games. They made up for it with Jedi The Fallen Order, where you actually play as a Jedi and... They actually, the game actually kind of shows you how exactly hard it would be to be a Jedi. Like, I'm talking like, if a bolt hits you, you die. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. Like, if you did not parry the bolt, the laser bolts, you died. You died really quickly, even on normal mode. And I could, I struggled. And then there's these crazy 
sons of guns playing on Grandmaster Jedi Yoda difficulty where the bolts are going as fast as they would in the movies and they're able to deflect these coming in at 20 a second. Like it's some ridiculous number and they can do that. And it was cool. Now, did, did, does that redeem EA in my eyes for ruining something very like they could have just remade Battlefront 2 and they probably would have got 200,000 sales easy. Just literally remade it with new graphics. Um, now, Halo 3, its gameplay was solid. Solid first-person shooter. Everybody starts on an even playing field at the beginning of the match, unless it's a custom game. And my big custom game was Zombies. And some of my one of my favorite modes was Fat Kid. And so the zombies start with one zombie and 15 other players, or however many other players in the game, but you always start with one zombie and everybody else will be a human. The fat kid had high energy shields. Energy shields in Halo deflect bullets and damage. His, his energy shields were so strong that you would need a tank to kill him in a reasonable amount of time. And when I'm talking a reasonable amount of time, you're shooting him at least 20 times and it might break the shield. So he's very, very, very tough to kill. But he moves as fast as a snail like he only walks maybe a foot per second so you a, a casual stroll will will save you from this person it's like literally running from an actual snail and so a very fast snail foot a second i think is a little fast for a snail but if you got within range of his energy sword or his gravity hammer you were deader than a doornail and so that's how he made new zombies but they were really fast but they they would die to one bullet and so the gameplay got like it got scarier and scarier and scarier the less people had and it was always so fun and and, and most of my memories are i'm stuck in a corner and the fat kid turns the corner in the hallway and there's nothing you can do the the you're you're, you're in a dead end and you, you can't get him to get away from you and you're just sitting there expending all the ammo you have in a futile effort to kill him as he slowly walks down the hallway. And it would take like a minute, 45 seconds. By that time, you're already out of ammo and grenades. Or just, he's just in the corner screaming because you're about to die. And it had an atmospheric terror to it, but it was very lighthearted. Um, and, and so the custom the customization of Halo 3 is what really brought me in with all of the maps and they just kept releasing maps. Yeah, they kind of charged 20 bucks for three maps as they kind of came out, but it was getting to where Halo 3 was getting really old. Like it was five years old. And at that point you're losing money because it was one time purchase and they didn't do the gold. Like if your game is played while somebody pays for the online service, you get paid that money. I don't think Microsoft set that up yet by that time. So it was literally they were running their entire company based on their game sales. Which I also I also sales. feel like you kind of glossed over the the kind of important part about saying it's a five year old game. Like kind of in a more current market, a game that's five years old would be considered like the equivalent to an Atari game. <laughs> Because the more popular games nowadays are the more franchise games like a Call of Duty or, or um, I, I honestly can't even think of anything else. Like, a, I wouldn't say Pokemon. Assassin's Creed at one point. Okay, uh, Pokemon would yeah, be a good one. But, but I mean, a lot of the more bigger named video games that even people who probably don't play a lot have heard of at least once or twice, those games come out at least every year or every other year. And it's brand new to the point of like, okay, well, yeah, they may have just taken the exact same guns with a little bit different twist to them or what have you but i mean it's 
It's a completely different game. And so to have a game back in 2007 that was five years old, still hitting hard was just absolutely amazing. I mean, so many other people have gone on to the new game or, or just completely abandoned it, but there's still that very strong player base that's like, I'm going to ride or die this whole game. I don't care what happens. I, I mean, I could never buy a new game and I will be perfectly content with this. Yeah, that's how Halo 3 and Battlefront 2 were. Oh, destroy all humans is a good one of those too. But I mean, like. I, I bought the remaster and it was faithful. It was faithful. They used the same freaking audio instead of censoring it because I'm going to be honest, some of, that, some of that stuff would not fly on Twitter. But they, they stuck to their guns. That's and, because they have their dedicated fan base. They can yep. res- resell it to the dedicated fan base and because they know they will always come back and they will the, always be faithful. The new yeah. Doom. Oh, that's a good one. The new Doom. It's the same team that worked on the 2D game and they made it a 3D platformer shooter. And the new Doom, like, everybody's like, man, you know, they're, they're going to screw it up. And it's like, you still feel like you're playing the old Doom. They've captured that magic again. And, but it's got new stuff. So you still feel like you're playing the old fast-paced Doom where you're bobbing around, jumping, and popping demons as fast as you possibly can. Because that game was, like, meant to go, like, like the, the further you got in the game, it's just, all right, I just, I know how to kill all these guys. I can kill them really quickly. And so, but they captured it. Like, I felt like I was playing old Doom. And, 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 and they, they, and, and, they actually coded the old Doom in the new Doom. You can find computers in the game and play the old oh, game. Yeah, There's the game that. within the game. Doom yeah, runs it was Doom. Like, it was like nice little subtle nods for everyone who played like the original Doom that were just like, I would say almost like a 2D side-scroller. There'd be moments where you're playing this game that looks just so over-the-top, like gory and graphic, and then next thing you know, you hit the wrong corridor, you hit the right corridor, all depending on your on your mindset and then all of a sudden hey i'm back to a 2d side scroller what the hell is this <laughs> like yeah i mean it's so it's so nice because again you're gonna have those loyal fan base and you have all those loyal people who are like you know what i want to give this new one a shot and i mean all depending on kind of your overall opinion on video games and whether or not they should have stuck to the old graphics or they should have stuck to the old system i mean it's still great to see that in those cases the developers are like hey Here's here's a little nod to you people. Like, thanks for sticking around. Like, um, shoot, <coughs> that's a good. That's another thing to talk about. Easter eggs. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Back in Halo Two, uh, Halo is very good about its Easter eggs. Always has been. Like in the new game, you can go look at the trash can and uh, who's the guy in the trash can on Sesame Street? Uh, Grouch. You, you can Oscar. you can literally go up to a tra- Oscar to Grouch, and if you literally go up. To the trash can it'll say oscar's house like when you mouse over it like they do little cutesy stuff like that and, and it kind of brings you back to like reality a little bit where they make fun of it but now in particular halo 2 there was two that i thought were really cool and one of them was like uh developer loves like you know De- dev's name heart and his girlfriend's name and he slapped it uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of red textures to work with, so it looks like a bunch of blood smears on the wall. Unfortunately, but uh, that's the, that's what they had to work with. Yeah, to he draw. loves her, all right. Yeah, he loves uh, you know Dahmer Dahmer vibes there, man. Uh, oh, don't do that. And then another developer took it the other direction, and decided to be a huge Joker and put an actual picture of his butt somewhere in the game, and they had to delay it to find it. 
didn't remove it. <laughs> if he didn't open his mouth, it would have it would have launched that way. But somebody blabbed, so somebody's butt almost like hit. I don't know ha- however many consoles, millions of consoles, and <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be great? Is that like you're just playing through your game, and it's always the little things that catch your eye, and next thing you know, you're just like, what? Nah, hey, there's no, a cave no, no. here I haven't noticed before. Why is there you're, a guy's butt in this cave? Yeah, you're just like you're looking at it, you're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I did see something back there, right? And you walk back, and there's just there's a man's whole ass just glaring. The game was at you rated M go, anyway, right? Hmm. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> just, just staring the the one eyed Willie staring back at you, and you're like, okay, interesting <laughs> choice. All right. Uh, Another good one to talk about is the potato image in Team Fortress 2. So uh, another game, Team Fortress 2, there's a file that's just like a picture of a potato. It's a potato.jpg or something like that. But the game is coded in such a way that if you delete that image, it has no purpose there. But if you delete the image, like it's not used by the game at all. But if you delete the image, the game will not work. Nobody knows why. The game is that old, the way it's been coded, in the way that if you look at the Valve source code for Team Fortress 2, it's horrible. And all of the devs are talking mad crap about each other in the comments. Like, what, what, what fuckhead? Like, they'll use those words, too. And this is, like, company, company property, technically. They'll write, what fuckhead coded this? This is not how this should be coded, but if I change it, it breaks the game. Like, I, I, I can't fix it. This is stupid. It, but you have to leave it or the game won't work. <laughs> like, it's so dumb and 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 i'm sure that's what uh that's the way back when um i like watching developers talk about their games and letting the speed runners uh beat the game and so for those who don't know speed runners try to beat the game as fast as possible without using external tools so no cheat software but they will use glitches in the game like they'll figure out that if you like take a grenade and put it behind a vehicle and detonate it right the the vehicle might sometimes launch several thousand feet and so what you do is right before the grenade detonates you get in the vehicle so now your character has moved several thousand feet in three seconds it makes them beat the game faster so any means necessary as long as you're not hacking the game or cheating but it but it's exploit so like you'll see people fly through walls or a funny one in half-life you'll stand on top of a pallet and pick it up and now you can fly and uh, you know troll physics and so halo one in particular was funny to watch the speed runs because the devs are sitting there and all of a sudden the ai the the npcs so the aliens are supposed to shoot they all stop moving and they're frozen in time but the character the player can still move so the aliens are all frozen they can't do anything because the game glitched because he flew through a wall too fast and got to a zone and he passed what we call a trigger, which causes the game to do something. Like it's in the code. Like if the player stands here, somebody will, a bunch of enemies will spawn around corners and come and kill him. So, you know, it's a trigger. That's like a trap uh, in a sense, but it, it can make the games do other things. But the player bypassed all the triggers so that the NPCs did not engage as enemies. So they just stood there. And so immediately one of the devs is like, that's not my code. I'm not responsible for this. And like, you were scripting. He's like, I was had of scripting. I didn't do this. <laughs> you know, yeah. start, they all start arguing about who screwed up where. <laughs> and, and like, I didn't even know you could do this. Like, we, we tested this game like crazy. How is he flying through the wall? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. how is he doing this? And it's so funny. Um, I, I, and, and Eli knows like, I, I like that charm of games. Like, them being semi-buggy sometimes is very, very fun. Um, Arma. 
Eli knows Eli knows I love the Arma Space oh, Program. So, uh, in Arma, all right, listeners, I, I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to think about the answer. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds. What would win in a fight? A bicycle or a tank? Feel free to click off at any point during this pause. My money's on a tank. <laughs> okay, so in real life, the money is 100% on the tank. In Arma, if the tank misses you and he can't kill you while you're on the bicycle, and if you touch the bicycle, the tank will do a very brief wiggle, and it's what all Arma players call the Arma wiggle, because the vehicle's going to wiggle, and the in-game physics are going to really screw up, and all of a sudden, the tank is going to turn. It's just going to launch, and I'm talking, it'll go miles into the air sometimes like it'll go so high you can't even see it anymore in the game and you'll have like an eight times scope on your rifle and you'll try and look at the tank and it looks like a tiny dot it just launches the tank in some random direction going a thousand miles per hour i'm not kidding a thousand miles per hour and so it was the funnest that i can channel my my inner mr manhattan and launch a tank by being yeah. on a bicycle. In, Ar in yeah. Arma, you absolutely can. 100%. And it is the funniest thing ever. And it's even funnier when a player is in that tank. And they, they, you just know you're going to die when you hit the ground. And so they just type in chat about how angry they are that you rammed them. And it's like, dude, I'm on a bicycle. A 9mm pistol could have killed me. You were in a tank with a coaxial coaxial 7.62 or 50 caliber machine gun. You should have freaking killed me. You know, like, no excuses. And... uh the, but the fun part, though, was to go on some servers where they had a safe zone where players couldn't kill each other so they could trade items. And um, you would safe use zone. the immortality. In big quotation marks. A safe, safe zone. zone. Safe zone because in the safe zone, it made your vehicles immortal in that zone as long as they were in that zone. And if you left the zone, they were immortal for 30 seconds. And then, then you could kill them. So it prevented a spawn safe zone camping. So people don't just sit outside the safe zone and wait for people to come out. It gives them 30 seconds of immortality so they can uh, run away from attackers. Because in Arma, your ambushers always have the advantage. There is no way. It's like actual military simulation. You're being ambushed. You're typically going to lose. So it's to prevent ambushes. But but what you do is you take a bicycle or a car, a bicycle, a car, or a tank, and just use the bicycle to launch them out of the safe zone because you don't have to worry about them exploding. So you can sit there for hours and just launch your buddies across the map, and it was super dang fun. And, um, and that was a game that prided itself on its military simulations. It, yep. Like... The way you uh, you adjust your minutes of angle on some mods, it gets even further. Like if you get shot in the leg, you have to do a tourniquet, and then you have to do morphine, and then you have to do like fragment removal uh, on your your gamer I mean, buddy. It's just, like, it's so oh my over gosh! The top, and it's like I'm just trying to play a game, man. I don't need to worry about how to actually. Which is why I played like, Exile, where there were zombies. CPR, yeah. It was easy. There was none of that overcomplicated stuff. Like they came, they kept some of the base game stuff. Like if you got shot in the legs, if you didn't heal, you would walk slow. Like you had to adjust your scope for distance and stuff like that. And so they kept a lot of the real military simulation, but they left a lot of the in-depth stuff, particularly medical and like wind adjustment for guns. But th that's what made that game cool is because you could be a bush. You like you could dress up in a ghillie suit. Go sit in a bush for three hours to wait for a guy to open up his base doors. And as soon as you open up the doors, you're a, you're a kilometer and a half out. You have your suppressed Lapua 338. You know, like, and Eli knows I love that Lapua or the SPMG is 338. I only ever ran 338. And you have mm -hmm. a suppressor on it. 
It did make the gun completely silent to people within 500 to 1,000 meters, but that guy at 1,500 meters has no idea where the bullet came from. And the, the what gave me such a huge rush was you could pull the trigger and the bullet, you don't see the bullet flying there unless you have tracers, but you pull the trigger and it'd be like a second and a half and then the guy dropped. It was awesome. The game is now too buggy for me to play. It's it's lost its luster. Um, I still have very fond memories of it. Hopefully Arma 4 is not anywhere near as buggy as that. Eli, I don't know why we put up with Arma 3. It was horrible. I mean, Its bugginess I, was pretty bad. I think it was just a matter of, again, we had so many people playing it over a consistent period of time that were just like willing to look past the issues and like the glaring problems with the game just to be like, hey, like all the buddies are hopping on today. Let's just... Let's just hop on and deal with this nonsense. I think my most fond memories is like, you know, after we hit maximum base tier, like, you know, with, you know, uh, I mean, since we became a menace to society and everybody else was quitting because of us, which not, not to sound like a brag or anything else, but for, for the most part in those types of games, people usually run like, unless again, unless you have a giant group of people, they usually run groups of like anywhere from a single person to let's say four, maybe five. Five and we had like stretching it. 15. Yeah, we had about like, oh, we God. had 20 on a good day. <laughs> yes, we did. We, we could we could seriously sit there, send out like a text message and say, hey, look, does anyone want to hop on? And next thing you know, like the entire server gets populated from about, oh, I don't know, 10 people. To I about remember 35 and it's like sending texts at four in the morning saying, hey, boys, I happen to stay up really late. Someone's raiding our base and five people would log on at four in the morning. I mean, that was the other thing too, right? Was that we had people from so many different time zones. zones. Like we had, we just had, trying to kill us. We had us in Central Time. We had people who were in like across the pond. I don't even know what their time frames called, but I mean, but at least had, five hours. Yeah, we had difference. people five hours or so, like time difference. Just all of a sudden, hey, our base is getting raided, or hey, I'm being attacked. Can I get some assistance? And the next thing you know, there's just people, and it's like, yeah, I mean truth be told the calvary yeah it's like we're calling him the calvary these four people who are like oh it's like a 1v4 we're definitely going to be able to like beat up this one guy then next thing you know it's just like shaking a beehive more or less i mean it was fun that that's what that's what made those games very endearing back in the day yeah, when it's fun you can overlook a lot of faults in something yeah that's oh, true absolutely. that's that's definitely you arm because... a lot of things when it's something's fun I tried oh, to yeah. restart. I tried to. Uh, I, I played on a new Exile server, and I tried to restart building a base and doing all that stuff, and it sucked. It sucked so bad. I was just like, nope. I just couldn't do it anymore. I just, I just didn't rem- remember how bad it was to start out in an Exile server sometimes. And my my favorite memory though is when we got too big and we kind of raided people, and it's got to work. But when we weren't raiding. My favorite thing is our group. We would sit outside on the hill by Berezino, and you'd sit there with the, the basic town in the game, and you're sitting on a hill overlooking a good portion of the town, and you'd sit there with a deer rifle. And so when and you'd just sit there and wait with the deer rifle with a big old scope on it. You didn't have to suppress it or anything because there it's a spawn town. Nobody's gonna have any good guns there unless they come from someplace else on the map to kill you. But what you would do is you would wait for a player to respawn there. And so when players in exile spawn after they die, they spawn in an orange prison jumpsuit and they're called bambies, as in like they're babies, like baby deer. So like you don't 
don't you typically don't kill them and if you kill them before they pick up a gun when they can't defend themselves the game penalizes you a little bit and but what you do is you wait for them to pick up a gun yep and then everybody would shout deer season and start shooting at him and it was i mean yeah for a system that's supposed to like promote equal play not one person taking advantage over the other i mean we we used the shit out of it we found all sorts (laughs) of ways to get around it i mean (laughs) were we probably an active part as to why that server no longer exists probably i can safely say probably no, but, Premium Exile was always full. We Marsock, if anybody wanted to kill everybody and make everybody pe- pe- quit, it was Marsock. Marsock could summon twice the guys oh, we could. They actually true. had 30. And that's so we, true, we, yeah. we tried not to bully them too much. But typically, though, the way Premium Exile was designed is you could loot the dock for 10 minutes and you'd have a maximum bank so it focused on base rating and pvp so like nobody really lost anything now we did kill some other servers for sure like i'm not going to say we did it or or contribute to it but like it it, 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 typically arma servers died because things happen like with management like as all things or like they just stopped fixing the server which is also a management probably yeah poor management yeah usually kills poor management or did just ran out of funds because you know i tried like hell to cpr the crap out of premium exile and i almost brought it back but it's just i couldn't keep the player count up to justify spending 80 dollars a month to keep I mean, the server yeah, alive part, yeah and that's that's the other thing too is that it's like yeah it was either mismanaged by whoever was running it or i mean to be able to run a server decently well with the amount of players that people wanted it cost a good amount of money and so you're thinking about like for the most part a lot of us who didn't have a stable income or just any income at all it's like you're spending like at least a hundred dollars a month trying to keep this server running and then when people stop showing up as much or stop i mean certain certain uh scenarios people would like donate to the server to help it stay alive when those people stop coming around that's all out of out of pocket and so you just go as server isn't that popular people really aren't kind of having fun anymore i'm kind of getting burnt out i think it's time to shut it down and i mean it's it's just it's just the natural cycle of all things i mean yeah and you know i was devastated oh i mean i was horribly sad i mean that that is a cycle though and that is that is the one thing that i feel like always kind of hurts in video games or or in anything else is that you go oh i had such good memories of it let me go see if this is still around oh Okay. Yeah. Well, like I went through Steam and saw a bunch of games that were really cool, like Windward, Windsward, dude, that we had a decent amount of fun playing until I like just hacked the crap out of the game because they. I was going to say that you were the sole cause of the issue. Uh, they uh, they stopped posting updates in uh, 2019. Um, Oh yeah, I mean, I mean that that was also a very rough time for everybody, so I can't really blame them for saying, "Yeah, I think we're going to be done." Um. Because I mean, dark that, that and light st- was another cool one. That that was that was the other thing too. That it just in general. Uh, I mean, obviously everybody knows COVID. I mean, especially with the gaming industry, where a lot of people are kind of building these games off of the hope of people could be able to enjoy it again. Passion projects or certain scenarios where okay, we don't have a lot of money, but let's give it a shot and hope people will come. All of that just got immediately impacted. I mean. Again, like anything, like with restaurants, with bars, with clothing stores, with TV shows, what have you, we just lost out on a lot. And it hurts because you go, oh, well, I never really get to experience that. Or 
you had stuff that gave you a lot of memories and same thing oh well because of this one horrible thing that went on for everybody now i now i don't get to enjoy that anymore um what's uh but um let's see here what's another i mean coco do you do you have any any sort of thing that like really kind of held you on to video gaming or when when you first started playing I, i don't even remember how way back when but is there ever just a moment where you're just like, yeah? I'm going to be honest. There's certain oh, no. gimmicks that will keep me coming back to certain games. If I go look in my or think about like various games, I can think of like a couple MMOs. Uh, first, the first MMO I, I really think I started on was a French one called Florenzia. And okay. uh, the real gimmick that kept me back was a small portion of the community. It was not very big, but over time they just introduced more and more things. But it was mm-hmm. a very slow grind, and it was just very detrimental the higher you, you went. But the community just kept me coming back and back and back because with it being a small community, you could make a, a name for yourself. In the game, when I was in high school, I was like a, a the server's resident uh leecher if you know what a leecher is is like i you pay me in a resource to farm xp for you while you sit in a corner so i would just run in circles for hours gathering mobs killing them around your vicinity you get the xp you level up and i get paid oh goodness (laughs) it was fun though because like i have no other i have no other life please provide me monetary sums and i can do this all for you Oh, so you're a booster, you goblin. <laughs> um, Zoom tight. I remember there was a time when I played WoW and the <laughs> server, I think it was Eldraith Thalas. And, and so I made some of my money just, I can't uh, just sitting in town making to portals for people but I did it for <laughs> free, That's all so I did. It was like 10 gold. You just open up a portal up, and a bunch of people go through it. They all pay you 10 gold to go through the portal. And so I just sat there. Like I watched YouTube in that game called Sacred, which all is basically a meat tank. You take damage and you damage them back and you absorb about a fraction of the damage back as health. So you're basically invincible. And whenever you take damage with the buffs that you provide yourself, you get you gain more stat you get you gain more more stats over a certain amount of time but they kind of plateau after a while but you're essentially god mode the more times you get hit and the longer you're in the fight hmm. exactly it, it was it was so a stacking blood death knight that sounds like the most busted thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, Blood Death Knight is a class in World of Warcraft where it is pretty much you're designed to let the boss hit you in the face really hard, and and you pretty much just poke him with your sword and get a little bit of health back. It's a fun class to play. I really dumbed it down. <laughs> Ugh. 
Uh, that's that's how I played. That's how I play. Uh, oh, that hurts your soul. Uh, and when you put I time in it, I can't think too. of the game anymore. Yeah. Um, shoot. Oh, reminiscing. Oh man. You know, I still. Oh, here's another thing. When you quit a game because it sucks, like it sucked. It sucks. And it's still around. The game is 100% still around, and it's still thriving even to a certain degree. But it sucked. The way the, 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 the game went a certain direction that you really disagree with, and sometimes a lot of people disagreed with, either because the company's a piece of crap still looking at you, Activision Blizzard. Screw you. And uh, I hope Microsoft guts your upper management, put some reasonable people in there, let Phil Spencer have his way with you. And, uh, you know, head of Xbox, I think he's something else now, even higher position. And uh, let him have his way with you for a little while and fix you up and make you – hopefully you make Diablo 4. And uh, I don't even like Diablo 4. I just want it for the people who want it because, like, they've just been begging for years. And it's a very successful series. There's no reason not to make another one. And uh, – but anyway, World of Warcraft. The – used to be the gold standard of MMOs. Like, it was the king. There is no doubt in the gaming community that wow – was a king uh, and it was unchallenged for years no one came close and it was great and then warlords are like i i like people get mad at me but like i liked panda land when they released it Pan world of warcraft Pan mr pandaria where everybody could be a panda that was kind of cool it was very cultural very spiritual it was very cool a, expansion well thought well, out people kind of started to get a little worried there that i enjoyed it then warlords of draenor came out it, and the game started going downhill listening to the romp And then Warlords dropped, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we got to go back to Panda, Panda Land. And then uh, it was War Warlords and then Legion, right? And then they kind of came back with Legion. The game kind of came back with Legion. And then BFA. And then from what I hear about Shadowlands, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about it. So, uh, I, But all I hear is the fact that my good friends in you know magical rainbow express our world of I warcraft guilds, stopped, uh, it's a I've it's stopped. a community get ran magical yes, rainbow I'm, express have explicitly told me to uh, not come back just tells me how bad since it is last year july like they would y'all would love to have me back yes. i'm sure some of y'all might not but i know crimson chris oh really i mean wait oh my gosh Oh my lord, that long. Man, that, <laughs> now I'm just waiting for Krim to quit. Coco <sighs> break like, his when, knees. When you know Krim quits do. WoW, that the you WoW is dead. I need that $100. Yeah, mark my words. I'll, 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 oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pay Eli 100 bucks. When, when, when Krim yeah, quits I mean, it's, WoW. It's absolutely insane. That man just the game is dead. over the top. If, crazy when... No, 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 you don't understand, Eli. But, I mean, Crimson still raids just, in World of Warcraft, you know, three hours a night, six yeah, days I mean, a week. I, I, I don't know. There's just so many games out there, personally, that I've, I've played and kind of set down, and it's like, why won't you just die? I mean, yeah. He does I that mean, with every game. Coco, he goes hard. I know you said World of Warcraft, you just quit that, but is there any like specific games that you just kind of looked at and you're like, why the hell is this still here? Not really. 
for me, when I like, move on like, from please a game, die. if I don't touch it for like quite an extended time, it just falls out of existence in my mind. Like I don't, if I don't see it, I don't play it. Yeah, you just okay. So you just kind of like forget about it. And you're like, yeah, okay. All right, let me look at my background right now, and let me tell you all the games that I have not played. I'm looking right now. I see <laughs> Path of yeah, Exile. I've not touched it in months. League, right. I haven't touched that in I'm years. Sure there's, uh, oh, oh my gosh, I forgot oh, about New World. <laughs> True. I still have Blade and Soul. I haven't touched that in years. In over five no. years. I mean, I mean, did you say Lost Ark at all? Like. That is, no, that no, is... no, I just came off that before. Good. Okay. okay. <laughs> that game is horrible. So I was going to say, that was one game that I think I showed you and Krim. There, for those uninformed, Lost Ark's another one of those massive multiplayer I... online games like World of Warcraft. But it was, to me personally, it was a little bit too centralized around the whole fact of, oh, well, you need to be constantly playing and like kind of grinding up a gear score. For, for me, as a, as a person who likes to play video games, I want to see my character progress. Like if I want, if I log in and I see my character in rags or just like in kind of like rugged outfit at the end of the day or at the end of my adventures, I want him to be like that giant, really cool looking knight in shining armor or like that warlock who's able to cast all these giant spells. And like with Lost Ark, their whole system was you get one set of armor, but then you grind out all these different materials or, or, you, or you put in so much time and everything else just to change the number on your armor and then that item level is king because yes and that's the whole thing is that it's like we don't care about what your armor looks like Uh, we have a shop in order to change a shop with real life money to change the look of your armor but at the end of the day it's just a stats game and it's like i don't personally like that and so i came off of it but there is a post on reddit which is just an internet forum that went along the lines to keep it short went along the lines of for all the people who were playing free to play so you were just able to download the game you didn't have to pay anything you could just like i said go go onto the website download the game start playing have a good old time for every single free to play player one single person who put about two thousand dollars of real life money into this game could make up like 10 of the people who just downloaded it for free and so this person was kind of saying from a statistical standpoint, well, naturally a game's going to try to start catering to those people who put in the $2,000 because at the end of the day, the people who are playing free-to-play aren't going to put any sort of money. They're not going to continue a revenue machine. They're just going to play your product for a little bit and set it aside to go do something else. If we can appeal to those people who are just giving us massive amounts of money, I mean, if we never have an uptick of player population, but we just have people constantly fueling us, that's all we need. And as soon as I saw that, I just went, no, I I can't do this anymore. You have? I don't know. (sighs) (laughs) I forgot I've committed gamer sin. That game comes um, out in September. Yeah, I'm talking like yesterday. I committed Gamerson. I know we opened up with in your pre-orders defense, are stupid. You were pre-orders to play are stupid. Pre-orders are stupid. I pre-ordered true. Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. You are the problem. <laughs> but it get the shame. In, in my defense, Fat Shark has shown time and time again. Uh. 
I mean, I, well, I, I mean, know it's Fat made by Shark Fat very Shark. well, but I mean, we can't start this. Come on, no, it's made by. Come on, man, Fat Shark isn't one of these. No, it's not one of these evil AAA guys. Like it's like forty guys in a shed who actually make great games. Eli, would you uh, here? Here, here we go. Here we go. Eli, would you pre-order if they made a bigger and better? Like they showed gameplay of it, etc., etc. I waited until they started showing gameplay of it before I pre-ordered it. I, I will look at the record. At least right I waited now. that I have long. I've not touched that game in months, um, and that's just simply one. Simply if they like, made Deep Rock Galactic two with like ten times the maps, I wanted to do kind of higher level stuff and then stop. But regardless, believe you. Still wait for that to come out because, because at least with Deep Rock Galactic, I, I love that game. I mean, I've bought like okay. sweatshirts. That Age of Empires kind of 3 remastered that was Unreal after I played Engine the game 5. And I experienced it. What they did, which I applaud them so much for, was back when they had one of their bigger updates that added so much different things to the game and kind of like. I would say put a whole nother level or a whole nother spin on how you're supposed to play the game. They did a great job with their PR and saying, hey, here's the full transparency. This is what we're doing. If we have any delays, we're sorry. Um, this, is what, this is what's happening like kind of in the background to cause that delay. We're very sorry. We're going to make it up to you guys. And they didn't release it until it was like flawless. And I absolutely loved it. But... Now, with like an Age of Empires, again, the game that I was grown up on, they came out with a newer Age of Empires game a, a year and a half ago, maybe. I can't even remember. I was still back in college, so maybe a year ago now. And it was just one of those where, yeah, I mean, Age of Empires 4 was amazing in a sense, but they stopped appealing to the audience that kind of built the building blocks of that game, of that community. Instead of saying, hey, we're catered around those people who are willing to just kind of sit back, enjoy yourself, build up your empire, watch it crumble or siege others and, and become like the one to rule them all in a way, they now switched it to focus it more on kind of a competitive scene. And I mean, yeah, there's a competitive, there's like a little uh, electronic sports teams for Age of Empires, but I mean, it is such a small niche portion of the community that in order to dedicate like kind of the first year of your game to that niche market and then say oh well we're happy that the we're happy that the competitive market's happy now let's take the time to kind of go back and really give like a nod to our original players i'm sorry no because i played that game for i would say like a 43 hours i'm looking at my playtime I played that game for 43 hours and then I was just like, okay, I'm kind of done. I mean, the maps are getting repetitive because they're built for more competitive instead of an exploration and conquer. The civilizations that they added, again, modeled around, let's try to beat my enemy as fast as possible instead of I want to slow build and grind up. And it just, it didn't feel like the Age of Empires that I really knew and loved. And so I put it away. And it hurt because it's like, this was the game that had not come out, had not had any word, any news for 12 years. And you know you know anyone's excitement. You haven't seen anything, heard anything, or, or even spoken to anything in 12 years, and all of a sudden they show up at your doorstep. You're ecstatic. You have a few questions, but you're ecstatic. 
And then when you let them in, you say, hey, how's it going? Let's catch up. And they go, oh, yeah. So I've basically like committed to a completely different lifestyle. You're like, ooh, alrighty. That's how it felt with Age of Empires was that it's just like, hey, sorry, I know I was gone, but hey, I'm back now and I've converted myself to being more competitive and just very serious of a game. But that's not what you were. Like, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll still be your friend, but no. In, in any game now, I would say with like a Deep Rock, Deep Rock Galactic, which again, for a lot of people who probably don't play video games, it's just like, imagine it's, yeah, imagine like the Lord of the Rings dwarves like Gimli and, and Thorin Oakenshield and the rest of his merry band, but imagine them in a very sci-fi-esque space. I mean, it, the whole purpose is you're supposed Resource. to, yeah, you're supposed to collect resources for like a corporate entity but then there's also like these little bugs and other alien dangers that attack you while you're mining. It sounds very stupid, but for some reason it is one of the most. It's literally. It what is it is very charming, very fun, and very like near and dear to me, just because it's so laid back. However, yes, and so while it's I very love charming. that game, and while I would play it to the ends of the earth, I I'm sorry, I would not. I would and not it's one of those that games that can be potato like, easy hey, so or claw your eyes out hard. Galactic 2 come in like, let's say, December of 2022. I'll go, okay, little early. I haven't heard any news or anything for that matter. What's, what's this going on? Because, I mean, again, I'm a lot more passive when it comes to these video games and all these pre-purchases and everything else because I've, I've been that person who just blindly threw money at the machine and was burned by it multiple times. I don't want to keep doing that because one, that $60 or 70 or 80, however much video games now are due to inflation. I can spend that on so many other things. I don't need to spend that on a video game. I hate like, but that's just me. I mean, Coco, if you have any sort of, like, yeah. anything, please feel free to. Yeah, you can cut me off. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, let's see here. You know, Gray and I will just go on our tangents. <laughs> no, I'm listening because I understand what you're saying. I, I really agree with it. There's nothing more I can really add to that because you really just feel free to jump into what yeah. most of us have there. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you drove home the point. Yeah, I mean, it's again. It, I, I always have like ramblings of a madman, but I always feel like they're at least somewhat That's justified fair. just because he, it's he like, did do that okay, very look, good. Th there's a I'm difference between too. I'm angry, but I don't know why I'm angry. And I'm angry because this has <laughs> happened to me so many times and I just cannot accept the fact that I may just be stupid it's because they keep getting away with things. That's why you're angry. <laughs> no. No, we'll se let's separate that out for individual episodes. Here, you let's can just extend sit there, the, wind me up like a fucking toy. Let, let's extend like, the podcast right, folks, four more hours while I list things off that just pick Eli off and he goes on an hour long rant. <laughs> uh, it'll just be called shut the shut the hell up, let me talk. Oh my god. We can we can make a sequel podcast. We'll talk, I guess, but not really because Eli's ranting the whole time. <laughs>
<laughs> Just make it an absurdly long title. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, we we can here, we can I, really we need to censor that. I mean, that might I be a good spinoff sub podcast title. So unfortunately, I'm gonna have to listen to this and censor it. Um, so what's another good one here? Um, we have. I already, I already got. I already got the title for this one. The good, the so, bad, the game. Well, since we've kind of gone an hour 30, why don't we make about, it break it, break a, yeah, uh, make like it break um, the two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so we're going to knock this out of the park. we got topic, topic, topic. I mean, isn't that isn't that how it always goes? Is that you just come in fully prepared? You have notes. You're like, all right, I'm ready for this. And then like, I like how we haven't officially ended the podcast and we're still talking about ending the podcast or like moving on to a different topic, but we've already made this title. I mean, I mean, you have more of a raw reaction you don't feel like you're gonna sit there and be like okay uh after minute 45 you did not shut that yeah, i think that's that's kind of what happens when we're doing it live <laughs> um i think it's more fun that way um because like it kind of brings all right i'll throw that page away too all right i mean yeah, I don't want to. I mean, do that. if like if, you know, like I feel like I feel like I mean, doing it's, podcasts. It's not really relevant at this point. Uh, I feel like um, like podcasts really kind of is like what we usually did on CFDs, where we just sit there and that talk. We have, where we're just sitting there ranting for hours, and it's like, and it just oh god, it's three a.m. And why, why are we still here? There, oh, that's right, because we were talking about blank subject for so long. I mean, that's truthfully it. And with our with our guests and everybody else we bring on, it's just going to be our, our our poor friends who have to listen to these. <laughs> they're, they're the unfortunate suckers who join the call and are like, "Hey, what's up?" And then they get sucked into it, and they're like, "I guess." So I'm anyway, either. back to what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh God. <laughs> Um. Oh, we can do that easily. Like, well, oh. easily. I think I think so far, so we're, we're doing so far so good. Uh, one thing though that uh, my uncle brought up is we're gonna have to figure out at least seven, at least seven different episodes. Like, we're gonna have to try. That's the, what we're gonna have to break. I think we could, and I, I think it's just what's gonna kill us is the effort of not meeting up, but the topics we have is astronomically long and, and 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 we probably got 15 separate ones in gaming um like uh the genre of the first person shooter and how it evolved from like you know from like you know standard like you know halo like it's all about the skill whereas like and you know and it's slower paced where it evolved to fast paced you know halo halo 6 halo infinite where it's more competitive shooter where it's like twitch shooting and stuff like that where you're really like you're it's second by second play rather than 10 second by 10 second play i mean and we don't we don't even really i feel like we could separate out the difference between okay let's just do an entire podcast on video games and like uh the battle royale genre alone is one enough to talk about being young um, in the world. I mean, looter shooters. So otherwise, it's just going to turn into another one of those gaming podcasts that people are like, Jesus Christ, all they have is opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mean, which, in general, is a podcast, but it's like, 
Oh my god. They've thought about they've thought about these gaming things for way too long. Go outside. What about I mean, really up to yeah, really I mean, monetizing how how we're um what about I just thought they're gonna even title. monetize how we the think. good, the bad, and the money. Because that's kinda the the money was the big talk here. Yeah. It was a big subject. I, th- I think I- I'll-, I'll go ahead and what? submit it. <laughs> I mean, you-, you know, let's be honest. <laughs> That's another subject. That's another title. Because let's, 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 let's be a little bit honest here. That, 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 that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram influencers or TikTok. Okay, we gotta stop. All right, um, we gotta put a pin in. It. We're gonna keep getting. This. this is what I'm talking about. Like, is what he like just said. We'll go I mean, to three fine. in the morning. There's no point. And to we'll, keep we'll going move from topic like to topic. Now, I'm fine with stopping the recording here, and then we can talk about social media ruining the fabric of everything, and we can just make a separate track if y'all would like to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and stop it here. Uh, this is our first episode, the conclusion of our first episode, and also the beginning of our second episode. Say, we'll fix the, we'll um, fix the intros. All right, so we're already on post. two of seven. All right, that's good. But uh, uh, we'll talk, I guess, um, you know, with Coco, uh, oh, Eli, God. and uh, myself. Uh, it, actually, I, I really enjoy this so far. So um, we're, I'm going to go ahead and end this. the recording. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it later. We'll, 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 I don't even think I'm going to post edit it. I'm just going to throw it. I want to quit my job. Uh, because I, don't, I, don't expect, I don't expect to get a lot of people. And, you know, we're just talking and having fun. And that's what it should be about. And uh, I might have to censor a couple of things. But uh, other than no. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you all so much for listening. I know we went a little long. But uh, it's it's been a wonderful episode so far. Um, y'all have a, a good uh, – y'all, y'all have a day. Y'all just have a day. Yeah, yeah, have a day. Have a day. All right. Peace.